Um, well, let's see. Well, my watch just announced it's six o'clock, and that's mountain time. Okay, well, we're going to go with that because I, um, for some reason, I, if I, if I try to get the time on my computer, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my braille and I won't be able to. Oh, yeah. Okay. You don't okay. have that happen again. So, yeah. uh, so okay, we're going to begin a little bit differently this time just because I had some fun kind of questions rattling around in my brain. So um, <laughs> we kind of know who all is here, but I want to give everybody a chance to introduce yourselves. Um, so I... Uh, I am going to turn the speech off on my phone. Um, <laughs> so uh, I am Deborah Kendrick, and this is Writer's Retreat. And if this is your first time, welcome. And uh, as I, I ran into someone, I was, uh, had dinner with a group this evening, and one woman there told me that she's been listening to the recordings and that she loves Writer's Retreat and has found some inspiration in some of the writings. And I said, well, good grief. Yeah. Why, why haven't you joined us? And she said, I didn't know I was allowed. And I said, everyone is allowed. <laughs> so I, I want to make that clear. And she said, well, I'm not really a writer. And I said, you know, writers need readers. And um, I think, you know, that's one thing we can stress in this group. When, when you participate, even as a reader, critiquing another writer's work, that's every bit as significant and useful a contribution as writing something for the group. So, um, so since one person said to me, I don't know if I'm allowed, I'm just saying to all of you, get the word out if you know anybody who's interested in writing or in critiquing other people's writings or just talking about writing, let them know that we're here on this weird Saturday evening. Um, so, um, we're, we're going to take time to, you know, critique a couple of things, but I, um, I've been thinking about how partly, you know, somewhat, uh, narcissistically, I, I worry about the fact that I don't have particular patterns. In fact, I have published a voluminous amount of work over the years but always with a deadline, and I'm ashamed of that. I don't seem, you know, when I was young, I wrote because I was inspired, but now I write because I'm told to or somebody's expecting me to. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I love reading about writers and listening to interviews with writers, and so a lot of writers have patterns, things that they think make them... Uh, more productive. You know, I've read about the writer who gets dressed up every morning, even though her office is just down the hall from her bedroom and, uh, you know, puts on her makeup and does her hair and the whole nine yards because she wants to treat it like any other job. And Stephen King often talks about how when he writes, he has a studio that's a separate building behind his home and he blasts the rock and roll music till it's deafening. And that's mm -hmm. what he, which I find just astonishing because, you know, I mean, he, he's, he's so brilliant and so prolific. And if I play music, I want to sing along. I don't want to write. So I don't get that, how he does that. But anyway, um, so, uh, so I, I thought we'd start with that, but then I have some other questions and we'll go around with those as well. So, for starters, um, if you can, uh, and I'll, I'll kind of call out states and then we won't be trouncing over one another. Um, but uh, if you can tell us who you are and if you want to tell us one thing that you're writing or hope to write, and then tell us about your patterns. You know, what gets you writing? Do you go to a certain place? Do you use a favorite tool? Do you play favorite music? Do you wear your favorite bathrobe? You know, what, what, and, and do you have rules? That's another thing. A lot of rules, have, a lot of writers have these rules of, you know, 1000 words a day kind of thing. <laughs> so, um, I'll, I've already kind of told you mine. I'm Deborah Kendrick. I'm currently, I'm from Cincinnati, but I've been living in Florida half the time, uh, for the last couple of years. I, 
um, I'm currently, what am I currently working on? I'm currently working on a book review and a um, profile. I'm doing a series of uh, profiles of successfully employed blind people, particularly employed in the field of technology for Access World. And I'm working on a book about healthcare. And I've already told you what my sickness, weakness is. I only write when there's a deadline. I think about writing lots of other things, but I have trouble putting the seat of the pants to the seat of the chair. So, okay. Um, Thomas, since you're new, why don't you go next? Earth to Thomas. Did he mute himself, okay. maybe? Okay. There, there he is. is. There he is. <laughs> Sorry about that. I thought Anyways. that's what happened. Yes. So, yes, for those of you who tuned in, I'm Thomas Supton. And I've been writing really good. I write essays, and I did wrote an autobiography about me when I was, like, eight years old at the time. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, so yeah, I am writing lots of, lots of stuff, essays, biographies, lock, summaries, and book reports, etc. Okay, all right, well, thank you. And what, do you have certain tools or rituals that make it possible for you to write? Yes, uh, I have a note taker, it's a brown note apex. And sometimes it could crash, but guess what? I am about to replace it with a computer someday, and so I can finally write normally. So, of course, <laughs> I, and in the old days, in my early days, I used a brailler in uh, both uh, elementary and middle school, in which right now I'm using digital stuff. Although, in some rare cases, I would use a brailler. Great. Great. Uh, Marilyn, you haven't joined us before, so why don't you go next? Okay. Um, I was here once when they did some kind of a writer's thing, but I don't think they've carried it through. That was a long time ago. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I like deadlines, too. I, I, I like <laughs> deadlines. I like prompts. And right now I'm in between major projects. I kind of want to do a cookbook that I can give to family and friends. And, you know, if it sells some, that's fine too. But uh, I, I wrote a bunch of my memoirs in my first book in 2012, and that's out there. And I'm, I'd like to do a cookbook, so that could be another little um, rock I leave in the path when I leave this planet. <laughs> but... Um, so I, I really kind of want to do a cookbook, but I haven't figured out exactly how I want to spend, what spend I want to do on it. But I, um, I don't have, I am motivated by deadlines and prompts and also by stuff I read. I read a lot of nonfiction and I read fiction also in interesting kind of diverse settings. And uh, that sometimes inspires me. And uh, I use a brailler, just good old hard copy brailler, and I dictate what I've written to my son, and he puts it on the computer for me. I am not a techie. <clears throat> it's kind of a bonding thing between him and me, and that works out wonderfully most of the time. But if, sometimes if he's not in the mood, then I find mm -hmm. myself, you know, waving my paper around. When are you going to come <laughs> <laughs> I've got a deadline. <laughs> I've got a, an article that I'm finishing up for dialogue. Hopefully, at least BT knows about it anyway. It's um, about I had did the genetic testing, the 23andMe thing, mm. and got my results back. And I think some people might be interested, you know, to read that. So I'm going to submit that to dialogue. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. You did that just for fun or were you curious to find something out or I was, I was curious. I, I, you know, I'm 
getting up there pretty far in age, and I just <laughs> wanted to know if I had any of the markers for any of the scary things that I didn't want to have them for. But if I did, I wanted to know it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I love to learn. I'm very curious, and so that's what made me do it. I think that's an essential ingredient to being a writer is loving to learn. Some of us love it a little too much and get distracted and then aren't productive, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, Anne, how about you? Well, um, I'm Ann Parsons, and um, I, I write fiction most of the time, although my current project, I, I, I um, switch between writing fiction and writing uh, memoir type stuff, and I'm currently working on something I'm calling My Cancer Diary, and it uh, talks about the last year of my life. Um, that is 2018, mostly. I which hope was, you mean the most recent year and not the last Yeah, the, right. The most recent year of my life. Sorry about that. I expressed that wrong, Lee. Um, <laughs> we don't want to see you go just yet. <laughs> no, no, I'm not planning on leaving this planet quite yet. I have a feeling that uh, the guy upstairs has orders for me still. So... I've, I'm, I'll be here for a while, um, but I, I, uh, uh, 2018 was the year from well. You know where, huh? In the, yeah, you know <laughs> where. Um, so I'm chronicling that year and what happened to me and and uh, so forth. So. Um, uh, other than that, I, I've published a novel. Um, it's called The Demis, D-E-M-M-I-E-S. It's science fiction. It's on Amazon. It's on Bookshare. Uh, so it's also on Smashwords. Um, and what can I say? I Well, I like to write in the morning. I'm a morning person, and I do my best work between, say, 6 and 11 in the morning. And so what I do is I get up and I eat breakfast and I come up to my office here and I sit here and I do my morning's work and then I take a bath and I get dressed. Um, so I'm, I, I do my, my writing mostly in the morning. Yeah, that before I started working for NLS, that was my time too. And maybe that has something to do with my struggling now is that that time belongs to something else. That's ah. it's interesting. It's interesting to hear you say that because I realized for many years that's when I did my writing. Well, um, um, yeah. may I just put in a plug? Okay, plug I, away. I, I, just, <laughs> I just put in a plug here. Um, the National ACB Convention is going to be in Rochester, New York. Right, in your is, backyard, right? Which is my hometown. And um, it's going to be about seven miles from my house. <laughs> so I urge any of you who are going to the National Convention this summer to come to Rochester and have a wonderful time. And, and if you get a chance... Um, you know, ring me up on, on uh, my cell phone or um, send me an email and maybe we can meet someplace for coffee or something. Okie doke. So, okay, well, um, the ACB convention was in Mary Highland's backyard about five or six years ago. So maybe, Mary, you can go next. Okay. Um, I'm in Ohio. I'm in near Columbus, Ohio. And um, if I don't have some place that I need to go in the morning, which is 
three out of well, at least three days a week, four days a week. Um, if I have the day to myself, I really like to write in the morning, but I'm not an early morning person anymore. Um, I'd like to sleep as long as I can. And to me, that means like seven. That would be a late morning. And then, you know, I do all my morning stuff, eat breakfast, have coffee, read my email. I have to read. I am addicted to my email. I've got to clear that off my desk (laughs) before I do anything. Even on the days when I have to go out someplace, I have to check my email, see what's going on in the world, see if anybody wanted to tell me something important. And then I like to write um, in the morning. I often like to write in the evening. I want to write in the evening, but I don't allow myself to do that because I get too wound up and then I get to bed way too late. And then often I have to get up early in the morning and it's just, I just have to be more disciplined about not writing. And currently I am almost finished with my book, uh, which is a memoir. And I have finished writing it. I'm just um, finishing up, I guess it's called an alpha editor uh, with, with a friend of mine who is, we talk on the phone. She reads what I've written and um, uses her little red pen to <laughs> uh, mark where I put in extra commas or extra spaces or spelled something wrong or um, my sentence structure isn't right. Or She's a former English teacher. So <sighs> we only have an argument once in a while. Most of the time I say, okay, I'll do it. So we're almost done with that. I've, we have, Two, two more chapters to do. But that's been a lot of fun. And uh, I just, I did send in my um, submission for Chicken Soup for the Parent's Soul. No, not Parent's Soul. I'm sorry. That's the <laughs> one I was. The Chicken Soup for the Golden Age or whatever it's called. And um, uh, so that, that deadline, though, isn't until the end of June. So I certainly will hear anything for a while if I do hear anything. And that's about it. And do you have any um, tools that you feel are indispensable to your writing? Any that you, you know, ways that you actually write? Well, I'll tell you what I, I, in the way of tool, I guess, One thing I do is read a lot, and I pay attention to first sentences a lot and first paragraphs. Um, So a lot of times I'll I'll get distracted by how the writer has written the book rather than the book. So I have to sort of get that out of the way, and then I can sit down and enjoy the book. And I, I use a laptop. I sit in my recliner. In my living room, I don't like to use my desk anymore. Um, that's too much like a job. So I like to, you know, not get dressed until after I've done my writing. And I use Alexa a lot for spelling and definitions. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, similes and so on. So um, that's really my only tools. You mean synonyms? Synonyms. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Matt. Similes. No, I didn't. I knew I was saying that wrong and yet it wasn't coming to me. (laughs) If you ask her for similes, it would be interesting to hear what she has to say. You were looking for the synonymous word, the synonym. Okay, Um, Abby. Okay, well, I'm Abby Taylor. I live in Sheridan, Wyoming, and I just finished a novel called The Red Dress. It is in the hands of the publisher DLD Books in Denver, and I got an email from the Dworkins saying that David had finished proofing it, and now it's on Leonore's 
desk and she emailed me and said she'd probably get to it by the end of May. And once she does, as Anne knows, and she's published the Demis with them, uh, once once she gets going on it, it moves pretty quickly. So I'm hoping sometime this summer it will be published. And I think my next project will be a poetry book. I'm going to be putting together a collection of poems to send to our state arts council's uh, creative writing fellowship competition. The deadline is in the middle of next month. And so I'm going to put those together. And if I win the competition, which is, I don't know, doubtful, I've never won before, but you know, you can't got to keep trying. If for some, by some weird, miraculous twist of fate, I win, I'll get $2,000, which I could put towards maybe the publication of a polling collection of poetry. And as far as my writing habits, um, I'm kind of like Mary. I need, feel like I need to deal with email first and foremost. So first thing in the morning, I get up and uh, I don't like to hang around in my bathroom. I don't know. I just never liked doing that. So I'm always dressed, showered and dressed. Or if I'm going to go to the Y and work out and shower afterwards, then I just get put my wet swing suit on and put clothes on over it. And then I just eat breakfast. Uh, in the kitchen, and I do, I do a lot of working meals. I'll check, read and respond to email while I'm um, eating breakfast, lunch, or dinner, which actually saves me time, and then I have more time to focus on writing. And I do my writing usually from about, depending on what other things I've scheduled, from about 9 in the morning until about 4 o'clock in the afternoon is my usual writing time. So, and that's, and I use... Uh, I like to write with my Braille Note Touch Plus, which I just uh, had upgraded mm. humanware. And um, because I, when I was a kid, of course, that was the first the way I learned to write was in Braille. And so it, it just kind of, and now that it, and since I started using, you know, Braille devices, it just, it just, I feel more creative when I'm in my recliner with my Braille Note Touch Plus writing. I still, I use the computer when submitting stuff, that way I can see it, you know, because I do have some vision, so I can see what, what it's going to look like, you know, and I can, and of course, uh, Word, Microsoft Word, you know, provides a lot more detail as far as formatting, within NVDA provides a lot of detail as far as formatting is concerned than the BrailleNote Touches word processor. So I use the computer for, for final editing and, and submission, but I like to write with with the Braille Note Touch. And so that's basically it. Unless, Debbie, if there's something, anybody has any questions. Do you, um, I think it's interesting that there are two of you then who sit in a recliner to write. I've yeah. Done that a couple of times. That's, that's, I don't even have a recliner in my apartment. Three. I, I do too. Oh, Marilyn, oh, you do too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's interesting. You know, that's, that's, I'm going to do that. Like, I'm so, it's been my job for so long. Maybe I would write more creatively right for fun if I sat in a comfy chair. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if know, I get a blank I, spot where I can't think of anything, I'm sitting there holding that heavy Perkins brailler that uh, inspires oh me to hurry up and think of what you want to write. Oh, <laughs> Marilyn, ouch, ouch. That's, well, I have a, I, yeah. of course, my touch isn't that heavy, but I have a, I got a little lap desk that I put it on. And so oh, it's those are cool. cool. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And you can get, you know, even if you get one that's for a computer, I think the Perkins Brailler would fit on it. I don't think they're that expensive. Yeah, it would. I'm thinking the one that I have would hold a Perkins Brailler. And you can get them. I think I got mine at Home Goods for like 10 bucks a long time ago. And I almost never use it because I'm not one who sits in the recliner to write. But if I did, I would use it and it would be big enough to hold it. And the, I think they make them all different styles. But the one that I have is like a beanbag-ish bottom. And then a hard plastic or wood top. I don't know what the top yeah. is, but it's way big. It's big, big enough for a large laptop. So it would certainly hold a perk. So Abby, I'm curious about um, how you use the Touch Plus because I just got one on loan to write a review of it, and I've just barely begun. Oh, do you write on, yeah. on the tablet or do you write on the keyboard? No, I use the physical keyboard. I okay. didn't, I didn't want to mess with, you know, because I tried the iPad years ago, and I could never, you know, figure out those cotton picking gestures. Yeah. And, of course, it does have touch Braille, but I just thought, well, I'm not going to mess with that uh, because other people have told me it's kind of a pain. 
So I just yeah. use keyboard. Of course, it makes it more bulkier if you if you uh -huh. don't use the touch braille, but it's still not that heavy, and it doesn't take up a lot of room in a backpack, you know, or right. rucksack yeah. or whatever. So, yeah, I just use it. It looks like a very cool device. I think I'm it, is. Enjoy it, with is. it is. It Probably is. Probably. Oh, you'll love it. You'll love it. Um, it's yeah. much better than the original version. With Android 8, it's faster. You know, a lot of apps work a lot better with it than it did before. So yeah. it's great. It's great. Well, okay. So, so not to, but can I um, reach out to you if I have questions? You, yeah, yeah. Do you have my email address? I do. You have my, Okay. Do. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Please yeah, from, do. from the please list. Please do. Yeah. Okay. okay. Cool. Thank you. Okay. Did I miss anybody? Okay. I'm here. It's Bill. Oh, hi, Bill. Bill. Yes. Okay. Yeah. What I may do as far as writing, I kind of basically try to to do it as the inspiration comes to me because I am not as good at the as the doing things with deadline. Of course, I have to do that when I'm doing my minutes for my local NSB chapter of the secretary here. And also, I've had uh, an essay come together recently that I'm looking at uh, probably going to try to submit to uh, um, some sort of mainstream faith-based publication because it revolves around faith and current events and how that impacts our society. Uh, and do you have any special habits, any special times of day that you like to write? Or as I say, I don't work well with that. I work better with dealing with it when the inspiration uh, okay. works. Okay. You know, uh -huh. okay. trying, trying to you. do something at a set time doesn't work for me in that vein. Okay, is there anybody else? Have I missed anyone else? Okay, okay. perfect. Um, so what, um, what I would like to do now is um, take time to, to offer a little advice, uh, critiquing for one another. The only person who sent me a piece was Mary. Um, oh. So. I'm sorry, Debbie. I thought we, the message that I got from Alan Lumley said to send it to the list. Oh, dear. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, did you send to the list? Oh, that's okay. I did. I did. Okay. Okay. My, okay. My mistake, Abby. Here's the thing. Um, so, so that's, we've got plenty of time, you know. Um, I made a mistake because what I, what I do I cannot handle the email of that list. So, because there are some people who post 20 times a day, and I just, I, I don't have time for that. So, I, um, I go no mail after we meet, and then is my plan, and then I come back shortly before a meeting. And that's why I asked people to send to me, because I was oh, afraid I Have you come tried the daily time. summary mode? Because that's what I do. Because I have, I don't want to have time for twenty-two umpteen million messages. But this daily sign well, shows you all the messages, and then you can click on read the ones you want, and you don't have to read all the replies. Okay, I'll give it a I shot. Maybe it's different with groups. I think I got a problem on that particular list. Uh -huh. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Bill. I said I think a lot of the problem on this particular writer's retreat is that we have certain people that uh, are in the habit of firing off one-liner responses. So you end up with the right. 20, 30, right. 100 messages on a topic, and they're all just short the answers that could just as well be text messages, really. Well, and maybe... Maybe we should take a minute to talk about this because the, the deal that <laughs> the deal that I worked out with Bob was that I will do the group but not the email list and Anne is our 
list moderator. Yes. So what, Anne and others, so let's just take a minute to talk about this, but some lists have managed this problem by coming up with some rules. For example, no more than three posts a day. Um, and I personally, it, you know, if we had that, because I, it's just, it's just too too much of a time suck to, to yeah have, it, it is it is I becoming, agree I agree it is becoming overwhelming um and so what do you I, think I about am, that Anne I I am even at you, the you're point, pretty tough you could just impose some rules <laughs> well I I did impose an awful lot of structure on this list there are list rules it does not have to do with numbers of posts, but it has to do with, you know, how, uh, you know, what to do and what not to do as far as when you post and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think that maybe we need to sit down and re-examine this because, uh, frankly, I'm getting extremely uh, impatient with uh, some of the things that are going on and that's my problem okay it's not yours not anybody's but mine um, and I'm working on it I'm, I'm working on being more tolerant and I'm working on being uh, more patient um, but I find that there are about five people out of the 40 some who are posting Right. And they post and they post and they post and they post. And it's like they have nothing else to do with their lives except post. Right. Well, I, yeah, I, I don't want to I don't want to go there too much. But but I mean, um, I think but I think what, what I am getting closer and closer to doing is maybe, as you say, imposing. I hate to impose rules because I then. Know. You know, you you get, um, you know, people saying, well, I'm not going to follow these rules. I, th you know, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And, and, you know, uh, and are you going to make me leave the list and, and that sort of stuff. And I don't want to turn people off. But what I'm going to do is maybe make some strong suggestions about how to post and okay. to uh, have these people realize that they are list hogging. And right. I, I won't say any names, okay? okay. Um, but, uh, so, well, maybe you know. we can um, talk about that a little bit, you know, even apart from this group and get come together. But my hope would be that the list would be an extension of this group that people would post pieces and talk about them um, or, you know, post problems that they're having with their writing and talk about that. But what I've seen of the, the list is kind of a separate, and I think we've lost some good people already because of, the, you know, yeah. some, some really serious writers, I, I think. Well, you you lost me at one time, and then when Anne started moderating it, she persuaded me to come back. One thing, Debbie, you might want to consider, okay. you know, our behind our eyes list, we have very, uh, we are very stringent about what can be posted and how often. I, I know, I, that, you're, yeah. That list and, is a model. That's really yes. what I was referring I, yeah, to. I was, it's yeah. So I, yes, yes. Abs okay, thank you. I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> no, I was going to suggest, suggest that. that, that that's, what, that's what I expected. This, I mean, you guys have done such a good job, and I love it because it, people, posts are to the point. They're about writing, right. or they are yeah, writing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, so yeah, if you putting, want me or Marilyn to send you, you know, the guidelines so that you have something to look to work with, you know, let us know. We'd be happy to do that. Yeah. Well, for my mind, that would be great. Um, okay. You know, if, if, if Anne is okay with that. 
Well, so maybe always, I, should, I should send. I I'm should send Anne because Anne is, is is monitoring. Maybe I should send it to Anne. I could do that. Right. Yeah. That way you won't have to worry about it. <laughs> right. Well. Okay. All right. So. So yeah. No. No. Kudos to you guys because well, your thank you. Exactly uh, what I'm what I'm finding is that with these particular people that um, <laughs> I'm walking a very fine line um, right. between being impatient and um, I'm also a bit concerned about the negativity as far as any pieces that are being submitted. Oh, um, I'm well, really very concerned. Yeah. Um, you know, because the pieces that have been submitted well, are I, are dark and um, they're 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 good, um, <coughs> but they're they're very dark. And I well, and there's a price for, and there's a price yeah. for that type of genre, but if you don't want it to dominate everything, right. So okay, well, we've got two two people at least who are who have come, um, hoping to have their pieces heard and talked about. So let's give Mary and Abby our attention here because we're going to be running out of time. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, Abby, why don't if you? Okay. I've seen the guidelines, but maybe, you know, let's do a three-way yeah. email. You send them. In fact, I can send them Bob to you and, and, and Bob. Okay. Okay. And, All right. And, yeah, yes, and I, and I can do that. And, I can do that. We'll sure. Okay. And then you uh -huh. can, yeah. And then if you have any questions or, you know, you can get in touch with you, you can respond. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, who, who okay. wants to go first? Mary, do you want to go first? Um, or, or how do you uh, want to do it, Debbie? Uh, Asked me to read, and I'm really, I want to be done as, as I explained at the beginning. For the here, I have I'm traveling, and I don't have. Um, I kind of live in two places, and I didn't bring a note taker with me because I uh -oh. have to review the Touch Plus. I didn't want to carry. So what I'm using, I have a Braille display and a computer, and I can read just fine, but it might be slow. So if I'm slow, I apologize in advance, and I just I hope I don't. Do Mary's piece any injustice by crappy reading? Um, and whoever's in a wind tunnel, mute yourself, please. Um, what? Someone, yeah, must be you. <laughs> mute yourself. <laughs> Can you find it? If you're on a phone, it's the lower left button, I believe, on the iPhone. Well, I think the wind is gone, so. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Mary, um, this piece, it doesn't, does it have a name? I think it had a name, but it's not, I have the document open. Um, and do you want to say anything about it before I read? Well, it's a, it's a piece about new year's day. It's like my favorite way to spend new year's day. I don't think I did title it. I think it just said something like memoir of New Year's Day or something like that. Yeah. I think you titled it in the right. email, but it wasn't in the piece itself. Oh, okay. So, okay. So I made my apologies. You're going to have to live with me. I have I? Okay. So, Bill, have okay. you heard this before? Have I sent this before? What? No, not that I know of. Oh, no. Okay. I, Mary, I sent it this afternoon um to the oh. list because oh, I thought okay if if somebody else you know wanted to read it from braille other than me okay gotcha oh and yeah. see i don't get I, I would have if i if i wasn't in daily sewing road i would have i was not. thinking it, i was thinking <laughs> of you because you'd offered before so anyway yeah, okay, and, I, and, enough, and so enough, I, blah, i'm blah. sorry that's I'm what just i gonna, that's what I'm i get from not wanting it. to read all those um two million individual messages sorry about that's that okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But yeah, that's that's why people have okay, go ahead, maybe, Deborah. maybe seen it. Okay. <laughs> All <right. sighs> okay. All right. <laughs> we, <laughs> we could see our breath in little I knew this was gonna happen in a minute. We could see our breath in little puffs of freezing air as we spoke, climbing out of the car, feeling that little catch in our throats 
when our lungs weren't quite ready for that unwarmed air. Sorry. That's okay. Okay. In the city, the streets had been cleared, but down here in the Hocking Hills, the snow lay clean and undisturbed, except for the occasional animal tracks. The sky was a solid... That can't be right. I must have skipped a line. The sky was a solid... Oh, a solid gray, but in the east, a promise of winter sun crept into the icy air and painted the barren branches with glittering icicles. Soon, other cars crunched over the icy gravel and more happy hikers emerged. They blew out their own little puffs of freezing air from smiling lips that called out joyful greetings to other winter lovers who had forsaken their warm beds to celebrate this winter day. It's here somewhere. Okay. I opened the back seat of the car and my seeing eye golden retriever, Sherry, bounded out with gleeful expectation. She snorted and sniffed the air, sensing the excitement that would be hers um, that would be hers today. It was New Year's Day, and we were all there to start off the new year with a seven-mile hike um, through the woods in the hills of southern Ohio and a picnic in the meadow, perfect for the first day of the year. When eight o'clock arrived and it appeared we all were there, we began our trek down the snowy, I must have missed a line, sorry, uh, down the snowy path, two by two, two by three, one by one, and with Sherry in the lead, guide dogs always like to be first. We stepped over snowy roots and icy rocks, climbed over fallen tree trunks, and ducked under brittle branches, heavy with snow and ice. We stopped to listen to a oh, groaning. You misspelled it. A groaning <laughs> tree as it swayed ever so slightly in the breeze and the cry of a hawk as it, as it split what? the sky. Now we were warming up, pausing to take a swig of water from, from bottles or to munch on a granola bar kept chewy in a warm inside pocket. The path wandered up and down hillside and occasionally along a creek. We slipped as we struggled to keep from falling to our knees going up and we just slid on our behinds as we made the steep descents. A recent flood had washed away the bridge over the creek but a good sized log had been I think it was log and not bog. <laughs> Um, oh, it is log. Okay, a good size log had been thoughtfully placed there for a crossing. All the other hikers stepped onto the log and confidently walked across, but I held Sherry back. This was not going to work for a blind hiker with a guide dog. She probably would have felt it would be easier to just wade across, and I would have wanted to stay on the log. Just as I was Weighing my options, one of the guys came to my rescue. He cheerfully and easily scooped Sherry up, threw her over his shoulder, and marched across the log. I followed behind, holding on to his backpack. Sherry was embarrassed to be carried, but I was afraid her paws would get frostbit. In the half-frozen creek, if I allowed her to make her own way. 
Then, as dogs do when they know a joke has been played on them, she jumped around and acted like this was the most fun of all. <laughs> but the most fun was yet to come. By lunchtime, we had arrived at a clearing for one experienced hiker, a camp stove and offered hot soup or hot chocolate to everybody. Life seemed pretty perfect, sipping hot chocolate in the winter sun among new friends. The meadow was bordered by a stand of trees, so I took Sherry's harness off and she was off like a shot into the woods. In a few minutes, just as I was beginning to worry, she raced back to me with a big, goofy grin on her golden, on her beautiful golden face. She was having the time of her life, but as always, she was ready to get back into her harness for our trek along the path. We fell behind for a minute as my friend and I noticed Sherry's limp and discovered little icy balls that had clung to her toes. Once they were removed, she returned to her joyful self, charging ahead, regaining her status as leader of the pack. Back at the cars, we all sang out, Happy New Year, kicked the snow off our boots, climbed into our cars, and breathed a sigh of contentment of one of the happiest New Year's days ever, even for Sherry, who was asleep in minutes. Uh, is that the end? Wait. Yes, that's the end. Uh, okay. All right. Thank you. I, 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 yeah, it's it's a technical thing that it, it's hard to advance when you're in a Word document on a Braille display. Anyway, so <laughs> so um so well, I that's one of the nice the things about the BNT because it's it's very smooth for you. You get the thumb keys. It's just like the Apex. You get them. It's very easy. It's very easy to to pan. So I think you'll you'll love it. You'll love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I usually have you know. I've got a couple note takers, but I just didn't bring one. Yeah. Okay. So there, there it is. Um, Who who has some feedback? All right, it's Bill. I have just a comment. I read that earlier on my computer as well in Word, and I felt like that there was enough description in that to, to, in the Word to be able for me to be able to visualize the scene and be able to have some sense of what the experience of that day was like. I thought that was very good. Well, thank you. I think it's very well done. Um, I like to have that. Oh, it's a paragraph that's down a couple of paragraphs that tells tells where what you're doing and why. It it says that you're on a seven mile hike and so forth. I think I'd like that at the beginning. But other than that, it's very good. I liked it. I could, um, you know, I could I could see it. Uh, I've Never gone on a seven-mile hike, a um, little less than that, but uh, I... Uh, this was a few I, years ago. <laughs> you know, it was um, very well done. And the, the, as I say, the only comment, I would put the, the paragraph where you explain what you were doing and why, I would put that at the beginning. Yeah, um, where you're doing the same setting. But uh, oh, and I liked, I liked your visual descriptions. So often, yeah. um, I've noticed that folks who are blind who write have a hard time with with visual describing. And I know I do uh, sometimes. I do better at it than some, but not as good as I'd like to. And I just I wonder. Know, I wonder if that can depend sometimes on how much vision that we have had at different points in our life. I think something Maybe. to do with it because I did have vision. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it, I mean, Deborah Stein is like one of the finest writers I know and she's never had vision. And she's, you know, writes beautiful 
Well, I think it's like anything. Once you get, um, I I had one picky picky point that ties into the description thing, and I I wasn't going to mention it, but it jumped out at me right away. So I thought, well, like I guess that maybe means it matters. You say up front that you have a seeing eye dog, and you say up front that you're blind, and then you talk about the goofy grin on her beautiful golden face, and you know, as a blind person, you can you can tell what the environment looks like but you can't see a goofy grin on a beautiful cold face so i don't know it, it was just one of those kind of things that i thought that well that reminds me of what I did my own memoir my ideal partner where i talk about how i care for my late husband and i just and at one time when my first book came out and i handed him a print copy and he held it in his hand i said i could imagine the shit-eating grin on his face when he felt held that book in his hands. Mm-hmm. You might try if you can't really see it, then say you can just imagine it. That you know that might that might solve that problem. Okay, this is Marilyn. Um, I thought the description was great too, and I was I would like to have known a little bit more about what what time frame this was in your life because we don't know if this is a teenage girl with a dog or somebody in college or some you know it would be kind of nice to be able to put the person in a oh okay and i'd like a little bit more about because there's not that much interaction with the other people you kind of get this feeling that that you're it's just you and your dog with this bunch of people and I think you really enjoyed the group, but we need to see a little bit more interaction. I think maybe a little more description of the feeling, I mean, of the uh, appearance or some activity that the others are doing. So we kind of get the feeling that it's a group project. An easy way to do that, what leapt out at me first off too, was give the people who you mentioned, at least give them names. The person who carries the dog, the person who helps you remove the ice balls from the feet, um, okay. uh, you know, yeah. give them names or, and maybe say, you know, Joe Blow and I got out of the car, you know, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. they are, they're nameless, faceless people. And yet you say there's so much warmth and we don't know them. Okay. We don't, we don't see them. Well, some people right. feel nameless and faceless among other people, don't we? <laughs> I'm sorry, Bill, what'd you say? It doesn't have to be a physical we, Sometimes we feel nameless and faceless among a group of other people. <laughs> exactly. It exactly. It doesn't have to be a physical description, though. It could just be something about their voice or where you knew them from, oh, you know. yeah. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be that. I think if they just have names, you know, um, because, you know, Dan or John or Mike or Bob was, you know, much taller or whatever, it doesn't even have to say that. I just, I think if you just gave them names, I don't think you even have to make it any longer. Yeah, I think that's a good suggestion. I think you're right. Just giving them names will be enough because I don't really want it to be about them. Right. You don't you don't have to describe them or anything Mm-mm. else because then when you say you know there was you know warmth and fellowship or whatever then we have a sense of and I don't think do you say how many I don't think the number of people is in there the number or no I did not number might be good did you say two by two number three, three by three like was it five was people it, was it ten people was it 50 people, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't and remember. Again, so I'll just easy to up some. first heard make about it up. I thought it was make, a family outing, you know. No, it wasn't a family. It was a, yeah, it was a group. That's what I thought at first. Yeah, I, I think I agree with the others there. It was so amazing. The writing, the paragraphs, everything. All right. 
Okay, Abby, you've been patiently waiting, and oh, it's not a problem. Oh, and it's not a problem. Well, I should have, I should have cc'd you to it. I should have remembered that you don't take the list, and I don't know why. But I'll try to remember to do that next time. But I can't can't promise anything the way my memory is nowadays. (laughs) But anyway, this is a yeah. We're all at that stage, I think. Uh, This is a poem that I wrote several years ago, and I'll probably include it in my in a collection I'm putting together uh, that will eventually be published. I'm calling the collection Inhabit My World, A Life Journey Through Poetry. So it's basically just kind of autobiographical sketches from my life. And this poem is simply called Hair. Tug, tug, tug. Isaac's fingers pull at my long blonde tendrils. Quit it, I say to no avail. In the first grade classroom, life goes on until Isaac is rewarded by cascading pieces of fuzz. You're not washing your daughter's hair, the school nurse tells my mother on the phone. It's falling out. (laughs) Agreed. Mother takes me to a dermatologist who asks if by any chance someone is pulling it. Yes, I answer, glad something will finally be done. That's why it's falling out, he says. Back in the classroom, mother chastises the teacher, who admonishes Isaac not to pull my hair. The boy sits, silent, unmoving, uncaring. Nevertheless, tendrils of my long blonde hair no longer fall from my head. <laughs> well, that's funny. I remember that one. I remember that one. I can just picture the dermatologist, too. <laughs> so they really did, didn't know right away that it was because this kid was pulling your hair? I mean, I, I don't and I don't know if the teacher just, you know, because surely, you know, I interrupted, you know, class and and I, I I really don't remember. And I probably had to stand in the corner because I interrupted. But, you know, because, you, you know, she didn't realize what was going on, I guess, or didn't care. I don't know one of the two. But, yeah, nobody seemed to realize that that was the problem. And you know how kids are, you know, they might say something once. But see, at home, when I told I did tell my parents and my mother said, well, just ignore him. And my dad was like, oh, he's pulling your hair because he likes you. You know, and, and mm. so I just thought, well, okay. I, it's not doing any good to complain about it. So I just, you know, went on with life. And well, I, wonder, and it, I, I wonder if on another, my, my daughter had a problem. Um, and there's a name for it that I do not remember the name of the syndrome. But when she was a baby and a toddler pulled her own hair out. Oh. And the reason was, this is really kind of disgusting, I have long hair, and when I was breastfeeding her, she would twirl my hair around her finger. Of course, I never oh. noticed it. Yeah. Something we pieced together later. But that was a, it gave her a comforting sensation. Right. So when she wasn't breastfeeding anymore, she started pulling her own hair out of her head oh, and wrapping no. it around her finger oh, to feel no. happy. And she, this ah. kid, at his two-year-old, she had a bald spot the size of a quarter on the side oh, of her head. God. So, um, oh, God. here. It had a name. I mean, there was a, a scientific name for this fetish. Anyway, so the solution was we had to cut her. She had, you know, her hair was growing long. We had to cut it short and keep it short until she forgot. And then, oh, yeah. But maybe, maybe if you if you wanted to do more with that, you could research and find out the name of that, and you know, make a story. Well, of it that I, I don't. Isaac yeah. had this problem. Yeah, he didn't have enough hair in his own well, head, it, so he pulled. He just, yeah, he, yeah, because all he was doing is just grabbing it and just pulling. You know, it wasn't like I don't think he was trying to wrap it around his fingers or anything you're just pulling it so anyway yeah i guess we liked it because we all laughed and thought it was yeah well that's (laughs) good that's good well of course i at the time did not think it was funny but you know it's nowadays i guess you can look back and and laugh at it 